Hello and welcome to Church Unlimited. How's everybody doing this today? You guys doing great? You guys doing, doing great? great? Awesome. Doing awesome. <laughs> well, hey, you may be wondering, where is Pastor Bill? Well, today we've got a special treat for you. We've got a student panel here today. Uh, my name is Paul Zapeda. I've been serving on staff here at Church Unlimited. Uh, multiple locations, multiple positions over the last four years, from Rodfield to Stone Oak, and now at Broadcast, I get to help support and serve our student ministry team. And so we have a special student ministry panel here for you today. But before we jump in, can we just give a huge shout out to all of our different campuses? We've got uh, Padre Island. Let's, let's celebrate them right now. Man, we're grateful for you guys out there on the island. Rockport. Let's go, Rockport Strong. Stone Oak, I better hear you loud and clear. Let's go. Rod Field, online, and our prison ministry. We're so thankful for those guys that they jump in with us on a weekly basis. Well, hey, we are one church in many locations. But I also want to take a moment just to honor our lead pastor and his wife, Pastor Bill and Miss Jessica. Can we just honor them right now? We're so grateful for them. What they bring to the table in leadership and pastoral leadership, more importantly, their hearts for the next and now generation. We wouldn't do what we get to do if it weren't for their hearts. And so you may be fearing a lot of what we feel in student culture. And that's what I wanna talk about today with these amazing leaders right here. You know, the fear that we have is just how culture is encroaching on the next generation, student culture. You may be fearing as a grandparent, as a parent, maybe an aunt or an uncle, where the direction of our world is going. And today we wanna give you some hope, church. We wanna give you some practical tips on what it really means to connect with your student. And that's what today is all about. And listen, we're very aware of the problem. Youth culture is not what it was 20 years ago, 10 years ago, much less a year ago. Student culture is radically shifting and changing in a way. And a lot of us, this fear that's coming in, we wanna tell you that there's so much happening in the church today, especially our church. And so we wanna share that with you. But before we do that, let's jump in to this amazing panel right here. Right here in the middle, we got Miss Allie Orta. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Allie, who you are, what yeah, you do. Yeah, so my name is Allie. I'm the Next Gen Associate here at Church Unlimited for CU students. And it's honestly been such a privilege. I started off as a volunteer, then I interned, and now I'm on staff, and it's just been a blast. That's awesome. And this young guy down here on the end, Kai, tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like you said, my name is Kai, and I have the honor and privilege of start a serving at the Stone Oak Student Ministry. Um, I have fun, and I love what I do each and every day, students y'all know. Y'all see me around That's the so campus good. yelling. That's so good. <laughs> and then Pastor Joe right here. Tell us a little bit about who you are yeah, and what you right. do. Give it up for Pastor Joe. Well, my name is Pastor Joe, uh, and clearly I did not get the silk shirt memo. Uh, <laughs> my shirt is not silk. Uh, but no, I'm Pastor Joe. I'm the lead uh, student pastor here at Church Unlimited, and I've been serving on staff here for about six years. Um, it's been a blast. I love it. That's awesome. I, lo I love that. Can we give it up for these guys real quick? Thank you all for what you do. You're on the front lines of student ministry on the daily. But also, we have some incredible student leaders because we're one church in many locations. We've got some incredible student leaders at our different locations. Man, Kai, um, will you just give us a quick snapshot real quick uh, into Wednesday night. Okay. And um, really what happens on Wednesday nights? Okay, yeah, yeah. Wednesdays are super fun. Um, first, let me start with the fun. Um, from the second they walk in the door, we try to create this atmosphere where it's going to be fun. Um, from check-in to worship to the teaching and everything. But we have worship. We have teaching. And without teaching is when our group gets together, we really try to break down messages so that way nothing gets missed or go over anybody's head. Um, so it's, it's, it's great. 
Um, we also have community because they, there are other students their age there. Um, so it's going to be fun. It's going to, they're going to build those lifelong bonds and have those brothers and sisters. Um, but we really try to be intentional from the time that they walk in until the time that they leave. We only have an hour, hour and a half, and we really try to be intentional throughout that. I know at Stone Oak, we had a girl um, come in, and she started, she started in students, and then she wanted to serve in kids, which is the next step. We want them to start to be the hands and feet of Christ. So she went to serving kids, and as she's serving in kids, her mother is telling uh, our kids directed a story of why she wanted to come and serve in kids and why she loves the church. And her story is that from Wednesday night, she felt so loved and she felt like we were being intentional that she loved the church that much that she was like, I'm going to take the next step. And while her mother is explaining it, she's sitting there crying. We have a high school girl sitting there crying because she felt so loved on a Wednesday night. So we really try to be intentional. Well, I love that. So it's not, yeah, you guys applaud that, please, because that is hard to do. It's not controlled chaos, guys. There is a program, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it is better than controlled chaos because there's so much intentionality and in relationships that go into this and the thinking behind the why behind the what for student ministry and really trying to get into those student hearts with the message of Jesus Christ. But, man, it happens at all of our campuses. Yeah. And, listen, I know we got some great guys, student leaders at other campuses. Can we do a quick shout-out to them real quick? And who oh, they yeah. Are, where they're at? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, of course, we got to start at Rockport with my guy, Luke. Um, Luke is at Rockport. He's always having fun. Rockport strong. Um, you'll see him pop up here. He have his, Luke is the guy. Oh, he don't got his glasses on. He's the guy without the eye black. Arms real short. Love Luke, though. Oh. <laughs> And then he'll, his, him and his wife will pop up afterwards. Um, well, what, we're showing these pictures, Kai, because we know that we were yes. all students at one point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We weren't, we weren't always just student pastors as soon yeah. as we came out. We were students at one point as well. Yeah. yeah. For some of us a little bit earlier than others. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> um, but then next we got, we got Cam at the Padre Allen campus. Cam is great. He's amazing. And Cam looks exactly the same yes, as he does. does. <laughs> like not a, not a single change. You'll see, you'll see it in this next picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Same guy. Awesome. Uh, this is Cam and his wife and they're actually expecting a baby boy on the way. So we're, we're really excited about that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and then we got at Rodfield, my guy, uh, Matt, or we call him Matty G. Um, but I want y'all to understand, he picked this picture out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> this is the personality of Matt. <laughs> and then we have Matt at camp. And I told you, this is a personality of Matt. He picked this one out as well. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and then we have me at Stone Oak. Um, listen. Yeah, he now. picked this picture out. Yeah, you listen, picked that listen, one out. He okay. thought this was the best <laughs> picture. Listen. That was a fly outfit. AJ, put your phone down. I see you, man. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a fly outfit. It was a fly outfit. But then that's Aww. me with my wife and my two boys. And um, we Also expecting one more. Yeah. Expecting one more as well, yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. And then we got Allie. Allie's at, oh, there we go. That's athlete Allie. That's athlete Allie. Athlete Just so you know. <laughs> and we got Allie with her mother and her father. Uh-oh. Cool story about her father. He said I'm his guardian angel because I helped him fix the tire. Let's go, baby. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we got Joe at the broadcast campus. Yeah, there it is. That's me. He I'm thinking he, about bringing the hairdo back. What he do you thought think? he was That's a Hollister cool. model. You picked that picture out yourself as well. I did, yeah. 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 That's the best one. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's me and my family right there. And we're also expecting one yeah. more. So excited for that. Thank so you. Thank you. you but Pastor Paul. Yeah. 
We didn't spare you, though. So we got oh, you right here as okay. well as Pastor Paul. Back I like y'all see the vintage neck roll right yeah. there. Yeah. The vintage neck roll. Vintage, guys. That's a collectible now. Yeah. You just get mad because I wear that jersey all the time yeah. around the office. But there's my family. And just to pe uh, speak from the uh, perspective of, a, of having a teenager, uh, JP right there just turned 14. Jules yeah. is eight. So I understand what it means to be a parent. And I want to tell you guys, we have an incredible parent culture here at our church. Although we're talking about student ministry today, we have parents who are connecting with students on levels that are incredible. As a matter of fact, this parent culture is really strong here as That's far right. as their involvement. Yeah. Can you break that down for us and talk to yeah, me about sure. what that means? So our parent involvement here, we've really seen it grow recently. And one of the biggest ways that we've seen it grow is we've seen parents really dedicating themselves to bringing their kids every Wednesday and every Sunday. And guys, let me just tell that for all the parents in the room, that's one of the best decisions that you can make because they need those consistent inputs in their life. But one of the really cool things we've seen happening is they're not just dropping their kids off and then driving away. Yeah. A lot of our parents are parking and they're getting out with their kid because they've gotten involved in serving with us, which is huge. So it's is huge. huge. And we've had a lot of parents recently get involved in serving with us. Uh, it was actually really cool. Uh, this past week, we had six, or sorry, we had 864 students. Come on, church. 800. Sorry. 684. 684. 684. Sorry. I yeah, yeah, you said it. Right. Okay. 684 <laughs> students. Always inflating their numbers just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> 684 students and 195 volunteers. That's amazing. Yeah. 195. It's awesome. But here's the thing, though, Pastor Paul. One of the things that we've seen here and that statistics would tell you is that you can only reach a one to three ratio of volunteers to students. A one to three ratio of volunteers to students. And which, I, think, I yeah. think it's really important when you talk about the numbers of like how many we have that one to three ratio. I think we have to think about the intentionality. We don't get stories where they, they're crying and they're really felt poured in if we don't keep that ratio. So yeah. parents, I know a lot of times you have this moment where you're like, hey, that is their space. I want them to have their space. Mm -hmm. We love that. But we, we also have students in our ministry who need the parents just like you to have them pour into them. So parents, we, we would love for you to come out, get involved in the student ministry. Let's not just drop them off. Come in there, hang out a little bit, have some fun. It is, it is a great time, and we would love for you to pour into the next generation with well, us. Well, and even just looking at those numbers, 684, 195, yeah. that means we're at a one-to-three ratio. So that means that from that angle, we're maxed out. So we Math do need more people to hop in. Parents, young adults, anyone in this room that you feel a calling on your heart to reach the next generation, yeah. we need you to come in and help us out. Parents, adults, are you hearing what they're saying right now? You have one of the largest student ministries in the entire nation happening here at Church Unlimited. Can we celebrate that? Can we celebrate the 195 involved volunteers in these student lives on a weekly basis? That's Wednesday and Sunday. And parents, thank you so much for dropping them off. Can we celebrate our parents who are involved on that level? Guys, this, I don't think you understand, this is not normal. This is uncommon. This is supernatural. When God creates a youth group like this, and then you start seeing this growth like this, it actually becomes a student ministry. That's right. And 195, Joe, come on, can we, can we bust past that? Can we get five more today? Yeah, say, we were looking for those five. We wanted right. that 200, but we couldn't find five. Uh, I bet today you can break past that and go 105. Yeah, for sure. Right? I mean, the reality is the need is so great. It's so significant. We know what students are facing, parents. And if you don't, it's because maybe you, you, you've separated from that a little bit. I'm telling you today, there is a hope that we can give them. They, they, are, they are navigating stuff today that we never had to navigate at our age. The things that are being presented to them online, through their friends, through other homes. And then they get to partner with families like this that are serving in our church that are saying exactly what you're saying as a parent. There's no better place for them to be 
than when they're here wrapped and surrounded by other people who are saying what you're saying in your home and at the dinner table. Yeah. You know, this next question, I really want to break this down because it talks a little bit about this fear that I have as a parent. Man, I, I put something in their hand, and, and it's called a phone. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and I don't know about you guys. You ever have phone anxiety? That's when you forget where your phone is. Several of y'all just started reaching for your back pockets like, where is my phone? <laughs> You know, the reality is, man, it's attached to our hands. And I see it even young people's hands at restaurants. When I go drop off my kid from school. Um, Allie, this one's really for you. What should parents do when they feel like their kids are tuning them out because of the phone or electronics that they've actually given them? Yeah, so the reasons why I kind of started tuning my parents out was because I thought, like, I wanted to become my own person. I thought that I was going to be able to make my decisions, and I was already an adult thinking that I can do whatever I want, say whatever I want, you know, just the normal teenage stuff. But what was it was because of that phone. Like, it taught me a world that's on that phone of you can make those decisions. But the biggest thing about making sure, like, they're not tuning you out is making sure what community they're involved in. If that's the only community that they have, that's not going to lead them down a good path. It's going to lead them down some dark paths. So you as parents have the ability to shape what that community looks like. Get them involved with the right friends. Get them involved in the right things. Bring them to church. We would love to have them here because they can find friends. I'm not saying those friends are going to be perfect, but they're going to find some good friends here that are also here learning about Christ. And then we also have mentors here. And those mentors are going to want to go to their games or want to go and experience life with them. But at the same time, they're echoing what you're saying at home. We want to see them have good grades. We want to see them make good decisions. And we want to prepare them so when they do become an adult, they're making those decisions and they're doing that big lifelong pass they're able to have that confidence because we taught them together. We get to partner alongside you parents. That's the biggest thing that we want to help with. That's really good. That's really good. Kyrie, you look like you're going to say something. Yeah, let's, let's applaud that. Yeah, I, I just wanted to add that uh, parents, sometimes you'll bring your student and they'll love it from the first time they walk in the doors. Um, sometimes it takes them two or three times. But I want to tell you, if your student is fighting back against you and telling you they don't want to come, bring them anyway. <laughs> it's that simple. Bring them anyway. Um, uh, I was reading something and it said that what parents make optional, um, students will see as unnecessary. So let's not, let's not go, oh, they don't want to come. Just bring them anyway. They'll, they'll start to build that community. Maybe not the first time, maybe not the second time. It may even take a month or two or a couple services, but I guarantee you they will find that community because th- we have plenty of intentional leaders who are ready to pour into them. So bring them anyway. That's yeah, like good. I found I had a student here that uh, he came for, for a little a little bit, you know, he was here for a month, two months, um, and wasn't feeling like he was connecting, but then all of a sudden something just happened, and the life group leader that we paired with him was really into scuba diving, and he was really into yeah. scuba diving. <laughs> so it took a little yeah. bit for them to get there, but we just want to encourage you guys, just bring them. Just Such bring an them, uncommon just interest, but yet he found a common interest right. here, and that's the whole point of right. bringing them here. And I love what you said, Kai. They may not seem interested, but maybe it's because we're not making it a priority. Also, because parents, let's get real, we don't want to fight the fight. But I recently shared an article with you, Joe, that around the ages 13, 14, 15, your student will actually begin to disassociate from your belief system that they've had been brought up in in the home. It's a natural occurrence. Maybe that's what we call teen rebellion, right? Now, listen, I'm not saying it's okay. But the point is, is that if that is genetically and biologically set to happen, it's because one day they're supposed to leave your house. Prayerfully, right? (laughs) Hopefully they leave your home. 
we raise them to leave one day. So I'm glad that God puts that in them. But when you have a community surrounding your home and your family within your church, and again, they're saying the same things that you're saying and discussing the same things that you're discussing, then you get an opportunity to have people partner with you as you partner with them. So make it a priority and watch that student's heart and belief system get more solid on the foundation that you've already put in them as their parent. Well, and I just want to say, Pastor Paul, for all the teens in the room, um, because I know we're talking a lot to parents right now, but even for the teens, like, you've got a choice to make. You can either fill your life with, well, we talked about phones earlier and social media and chasing clout and doing all that. So you can choose to do that, but it's just going to leave you feeling empty. Yeah. Or you can choose to fill your life with community, with friendships, with mentors, and that's going to leave you, ultimately filling your life with Christ is what's going to leave you feeling satisfied. Yeah, and I, I want to unpack that a little bit more. But before we yeah. do, can we do this real quick? Um, 195 volunteers. Again, five more today, right, just in this room alone. Yeah, for, sure, okay, for, for, sure. Sure, for sure, for sure, for <laughs> sure. All right, let's soon to be 300, right, church? Um, so, Allie, this one's for you. You know, you, you've gone through the volunteer process. Uh, you, you grew up at, at going to youth groups. And then when you got involved here, I, I would say it was a youth group. I believe now it's becoming a student ministry. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, Allie, what does it really take to be involved within student ministry here? Yeah, so it's super simple to become a volunteer. The first thing you want to do is go and sign up. You can go to churchunlimited.com. There's a serve option, and it has so many different, like, platforms and avenues that you can get involved in. But for student ministry, go click on that, and it's got some training videos that we would love to help get you knowing what student ministry is really and truly about and becoming a volunteer. But the next thing is connecting with our student directors. They're going to want to interview you and be able to just understand what your heart is and what you want to do and get involved in student ministry as well. I know, like, when I was getting involved in student ministry, I was so scared. I was sitting in that very, very back row, and we were leaving, like, three days before camp. I was terrified. I didn't think that I was equipped to be able to pour into these students. I didn't think that I had all the knowledge and the theological process to be able to talk with these students. But really, they just wanted somebody to be able to listen to them and be able to hear them out. And being able to do that, it also gave me something in return because I didn't realize that I needed them as much as they needed me. And even with that, the biggest thing that you have to know is be that person you wish you had when you were growing up. You know, we can think about coaches, we can think about other people's parents, we can think about some teacher that really made an impact on our lives when we were growing up. And that person makes a big difference, whether it's your own family or somebody else's family that's pouring into them. Be that person. That is so good. Be the person that you needed when you were that age. Yeah, we can applaud that. That is strength in that comment right there, Allie. Well, hey, Pastor Joe, this one's for you because you and I have talked a lot about this recently. Uh, I just now entered being a teenage parent a year ago. Now he's 14, right? And at times I could feel disconnected with my very own teen. And just because I'm a parent does not mean that I'm immune to that, even being a pastor, okay? This is very new to me. This is my first teenager, right? So how should I navigate feeling connected with my student when at times I can feel very disconnected as a parent? Right. Well, I think that, you know, just through going through life and like we talked about earlier, them wanting to you know, be on their own is going to create some natural disconnectedness from their parents. But here's what I tell all of our volunteers that are trying to connect with their students. And I think this works for parents as well. They're going to care about what you care about when you care about what they care about. 
They're going to care about what you care about when you care about what they care about. Uh, this is, I think we get this from the Bible. This isn't just something that I made up. It's uh, Philippians 2.4. Uh, it says, each of us should look not only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others. So for you as a parent, right, what interests should you be looking at? Not just your own. Look at your students' interests and well. And when you, you dedicate yourselves to those, when you start really caring about what they care about, they're going to know that you care about them. Like my dad did this with me. My dad hated basketball, but then I decided to play basketball in fourth grade and played all through high school. And he really dedicated himself to learning about basketball, learning to play basketball, even though he didn't like it. Wow. He didn't really care for the NBA. He didn't really care for any of that. Wow. But I cared about it, so he started to care about it. I love that. And that is a great example because so often as a parent, we feel maxed out with our time, our commitments, putting a roof over their head, providing, taking care of bills. And at times, Joe, that's so good that you said that. It took sacrifice. It took time. And I would rather give that to my kid than anyone else, right? And so to, to, to see that your dad did that is really helped me understand that. And I shared with you a book that I, I want to revisit with the whole student ministry team. What was the name of that book again? Yeah, it's called The Five Love Languages for Teens. Uh, it's by Gary Chapman. You can get it on Amazon for $10. $10. I actually, I actually ordered it. So. Well, good for you, yeah. man, because you got one here and not one on the way. But uh, the crazy thing is, is that book's only $10. Bucks. $10, parents. You actually sit down and read it a couple hours. You know, that time investment will save you probably hundreds, if not thousands of dollars worth of therapy later on yeah. in your life, right? <laughs> and so it's, make that investment now. It's a real simple guide just to kind of walk you through that. You know, Joe, uh, a lot of things that are, that are happening today with our culture, again, moving very, very fast. At times, I feel like as the church, we can be afraid for our students because of what culture is telling them. Why are we not afraid here at Church Unlimited for our student culture and their future? Yeah. Well, I would say that we're not afraid of what the culture is doing because we're not teaching our students to accept the culture. We're teaching them to create culture. Um, one of the big verses that we live by in student ministry is Romans 12:2, which says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We will not be conformed to the patterns of this world, what culture is telling us to do, what culture is telling us is cool, what culture is trying to throw at us and get us to believe. We're not going to be conformed to those things, but instead we're going to transform our mind. We're going to transform our inputs, the things that we're listening to, the things that we're watching, the things that we're doing. We're going to transform those things so that we no longer have to accept the culture, but we're going to create culture. Come on. That's a very strong word. That's a great word, Joe. I love hearing that. You're taking a stand as a student leader here and helping to reshape and train all of our student leaders. But, but Joe, practically, what does that look like? I know that we have yeah. life groups, but also... Right. Yeah. Well, I think this is really cool. I'm really excited about this. We're starting something new in our student ministry, uh, and it's called You Grow Groups. And what we're doing is uh, we're getting our leaders, or each leader is going to select a few students, um, that they're going to go and throughout the week, they're going to be reading the Bible. Then they're going to meet once a week, and as they're meeting, they're going to discuss what they read over the previous week. So we're literally training them Monday through, or Monday through Sunday, they're going to transform their inputs. They're going to transform their mind by reading the Bible, by journaling. We've equipped our volunteers with some curriculum, and then they're going to sit together in public spaces, and they're going to break that down, break down what God's teaching them, break down what God is doing in their lives. They're going to have accountability. They're going to have all this different stuff packed into this one group, and it's going to help them to transform their minds, right? I have a really cool story um, of, it's actually one of, one of Kai's students, but Kai was talking to a student. He said he didn't really know how to, how do I read my Bible? How do I have a quiet time? You guys are always talking about this. What do I do? And he gave him a really simple formula. Hey, here's a five-minute formula on how to daily read your Bible and have a quiet time. 
Well, that student came back to Kai and told him, he said, hey, I've been reading my Bible. I've been doing that formula that you taught me, right? And that's cool. That's really cool. That's amazing. Are you kidding really me? That cool. a student yeah. would come back to you and say <laughs> right. they're spending time yeah. in the Word of God. I know that adults struggle with that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But it he, gets even He cooler. was super excited, too. I just want to say that. He was yeah. really excited when he, he was going over it, and I was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, man, I got five minutes, and we got to get on the stage. But, yeah, I love it, man. Let's, let's talk. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's yeah, awesome. So, yeah. But the story, I think it gets even cooler because talk about creating culture. Later, that's that dad of that student came to Kai and said, hey, my family is now taking that formula you taught my son, and now we're all reading the Bible throughout the week. So they're literally not just living in the culture. They're transforming the culture around them. You're making student ministers. You know, and, and Yes, we can applaud that because... That's not a youth group. There is a difference. A youth group is, is kind of the programming that we're used to in the past. You're creating an opportunity for students to be ministers to their peers, right. to their family, mm-hmm. to their world. Yeah. And that's what I love, that stand that you're taking against culture, man. Uh, you grow groups. Tell us how we can get connected with that. Yeah, so there's going to be a QR code they're going to throw up on the screen. And if you're interested in helping shape the next generation, or maybe you are a student, and you're like, hey, I need that in my life. I need accountability, I need to get plugged into the word, then you can scan that QR code. It'll take you to a volunteer link. Um, You'll sign up there, and then we'll get connected with you. That's awesome. So make sure to do that today. If not, go out to the Next Step Center and talk to someone out there. They would love to talk to you about volunteering or being a part of you grow groups. But, hey, when we were talking about this, Pastor Bill had given us a passage that I would love to share with everybody today. This passage really speaks near and dear to his heart about this generation and how we can impact the next generation because the reality is they're the now generation. That's right. Yeah, the things they're learning now are going to shape our future. So Psalm 145, 4 through 7 says this, God does his work in every generation. He is not done. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of your power, of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. That's a true student ministry. That's a church that realizes they can impact this generation that changes the generations to come. Okay, we need the older generation to impact the next generation. I believe it's happening. I want to continue to see this happen. And listen, today maybe you felt like you couldn't connect. Well, let me remind you of something. Either you are a teenager or you were a teenager. There's a place and space for you here at this church to be connected in our kids' ministry, our student ministry, any ministry. Because I believe this church is really studying out and accomplishing what we've been tasked with, and that is to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. It's about one name. His name is Jesus Christ. And anybody can have a relationship with him. And if we can get a hold of this generation, what does our future look like? World, it looks so different, and we don't have to be fearful of what's coming. Real quick, lightning round. Favorite thing about student ministry? Uh, I would just say it's super fun. Super fun, okay. The worship, for sure. Community, community. For Speaking sure. about the worship, did you love seeing all the students yeah. up here yes, this sir. morning <laughs> worshiping? Yes, I love that. You get a hold of a young person's heart, man. It changes <laughs> the next generation. Uh, the most memorable thing in student ministry so far that is stage acceptable. <laughs> stage acceptable. Uh, I would say for me, uh, it was the baptisms for last night of camp. Uh, How many students got baptized? We had a 121 that got baptized. 121 yeah, baptized cool. in this room. It was awesome. Multiple locations. Yeah. That was awesome. I'm going to have to say the golf carts at camp. Oh. I said stage worthy. We're yeah. not going to talk about that. But you got something else. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to say uh, seeing my middle school boys uh, basically grow up and now they're in high school. 
and just the way they're growing, all of them are actually getting to the point where they're about taller than me. Not stronger, though, but taller. So <laughs> that works. <laughs> so, yeah. They don't yeah. got dad strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Two of them. Carrying so. all those babies. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, give an encouraging statement about student ministry or youth culture. Uh, I would say students are seeking God. Come on. They really came back different from camp, and I just, it's going to continue. Yeah, well. uh, I will say that students will influence people around them more than even parents and everybody understands. I got into student ministry because of the group of middle school boys that I just mentioned. Leading them, realizing that I, I can't lead them to a place I've never been. Um, making me want to step up and grow deeper in my relationship with Christ and also accepting the calling of my life to step into ministry. So your students will, they will have influence on people that you won't even, like you won't even think of. They have influence. That's so good. I love hearing that. So here's what we've heard today, church. How to connect with your student. Care about what they care about. That applies to anybody at any age, Okay. Number two, you've also heard, hey, I'm not a teen, but I can help. I can jump in. You can get involved in the student ministry or any ministry on any level. There is a place for you here at Church Unlimited. Get with somebody at the Next Step Center or the student director at any of the campuses that we have. You've also heard, hey, we don't have to fear for our future. We really don't. Our teens are in great hands because they're in God's hands. And as long as we're a church that continues to drive people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we will impact the generations to come. So, Joe, talk to us about what it means to have a relationship with Christ. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of the reasons that we're also passionate on this stage about student ministry is because weekly we get the opportunity to see students accept Jesus into their life and, and repent of their sins and turn back towards him and start a relationship with him. Um, and I think one of the things that, you know, all of us in the room can understand is that maybe you've been seeking after other things. Maybe you've been going after what the culture tells you, but the more and more that you chase those things, thinking that it's going to satisfy you, thinking that it's going to fill you up, it just leaves you feeling unsatisfied. There's only one thing in this world that can satisfy you and can make you feel whole again, and that's Jesus. See, in the beginning, God created everything, and he created the whole world to be completely perfect, created Adam and Eve, the first humans, and put them down in the garden. Everything was just the way that God designed for it to be. But then, because of our sin, that broke. And our relationship with God was broken. So in order for us to have a relationship with God again, because he loves us and he wants that relationship with us, he sent his son Jesus into the world. And he came down into the world and he was fully God and fully man. He lived a perfect life. He never once made a mistake, never once did anything wrong. And at the end of his life, they crucified him on a cross. And the Bible would tell us, it says that while Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was bearing the weight of our sin and our shame on his shoulders. Jesus was dying the death that we deserved. He was taking our punishment and then he died and he was buried in the grave. And for three days, Jesus was in the grave. But after the third day, Jesus rose again, defeating death and defeating sin so that we no longer have to be disconnected from God, but we can be connected back to him with a relationship with him. So what does that require from you? The Bible would tell us this, it says in Romans 10, nine, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So right now with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, if that's you today, you want to make that decision for the first, last, and only time to give your life to Jesus. We're going to say a prayer here in just a second. We're all going to say this together so that nobody says it alone. But if that's you, you want to give your life to Jesus. I'm just going to ask you to say this and mean it with everything that you have. Say this with me across all of our campuses. Say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I know I've sinned against you. But Jesus, you love me and you died for me. 
I give you my life and I give you everything. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Right now with your head bowed and your eyes closed, if that was you today for the first, last, and only time, you just made the decision to give your life to Jesus. I'm just gonna ask you to do something simple but bold. Just raise your hand right where you're at. If that was you, you just gave your life to Jesus. Just raise your hand right where you're at. Across all of our campuses, Broadcast, Stone Oak, Rockport, raise it high. Padre Island, Rodfield, Church Online, you can click the, the raise hand button right there. Prison ministry, raise your hand right now. If that was you, you just gave your life to Jesus. Claim it boldly. Awesome. Well, Father God, we love you. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for who you are. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.